Welcome to American Patriot News. I'm Bill Moss. I'm your host. We are the news channel where you we put the Constitution over corruption, freedom over fascism, and the power of the people over politics. With that said, I want to introduce you to my uh, host tonight, today, uh, Peggy Hubbard. Uh, Peggy, hey. run, Peggy run for the United States Senate, and uh, she won a hundred. No, she won ninety-one out of one hundred and two counties yeah. in Illinois. And everybody that's ever won them ninety-one counties has won the election. But for some reason, Peggy lost. I want to talk to her about that first, and I got another story we want to talk about too in depth. Go ahead, Peggy. Tell us, tell us about that. Well, um, I ran for U.S. Senate. Uh, I became the first uh, Black, I don't call myself African-American. I became the first uh, uh, African, not African, but Black American to woman actually to run for U.S. Senate in the history of Illinois. I was the first. And uh, I had a lot of momentum. I'm a former police officer. Um, I uh, am a Navy veteran. And I was going up against another veteran, which was Tammy Duckworth. And uh, she was voted the worst senator in our country by her peers. Uh, <laughs> by her peers. She does not return calls. She will not meet with veterans. She will not meet with Gold Star families. Kind she of like Mitch McConnell. Right. She called for defunding the police. Uh, she is, she doubled down on Planned Parenthood. Um, she is the worst of the worst when it comes to senators in Washington, D.C. I guess number one, uh, Illinois has to be number one at something. So we have the worst senator in the country. And people were actually excited that she met her match with me being a minority, being a woman, being a veteran, being a former cop, NRA life member, pro-life, pro-constitution, America first agenda. And uh, I was the whole ball of wax, but our Republican party, um, I have to be honest, they're racist. They did not, and I got this from several higher ups in our Republican party of Illinois, that they did not want their uh, leader of their Republican party to be a black woman. You know, I wonder so, did that figure in anywhere? It did. it did. So they actually went out uh, a week before the petitions were due. They pulled this woman uh, out of obscurity. Uh, she's a lawyer, she's rich and she's white. She lives in one of the biggest affluent uh, neighborhoods, communities, where houses start at $2 million. Wow. She drives uh, a Mercedes that's worth over 98000 But she says she knows what it's like to be us living in a million-dollar home. And she's Right in there with the 28% of the people in the United States that have eaten out of a garbage can before, in other words. It, I've been homeless. If you listen so, to her story, I have too. That's 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 amazing. I have. Yeah. So she, uh, they propped her up. They dusted her off. They went in. In Illinois, you can actually pay for signatures. They paid seven dollars and thirty-eight cents a signature, and they got her on the ballot a week after they got this woman on the ballot that nobody heard of. 
Overnight, she got over 25 endorsements. And these are endorsements that none other candidates, there were five of us, we never met with these organizations. They gave them all to her sight unseen. And she never traveled, she never campaigned, she was never seen, she was never heard, pretty much like Biden. <laughs> I was going to ask if she, had, if she had a basement. Exactly. <laughs> and I traveled out of 102 counties. I went to all 102 counties. I won 91 out of 102 and lost. We found out there was a lot of heavy voter fraud that took place. We also found out that they put two ringers in the race to deplete my numbers. Mm -hmm. The interesting thing about this bill is the fact that when I was about to win and beat her, right. the machines, counting machines in Chicago went down for an hour. They came back up and 39,000 uh, uh, ballots went, votes went from me to her and she won. And that sounds like the Kentucky governor's race. This is widespread. People don't realize that. Right. Uh, they say, oh, well, there's no widespread bullcrap to that. Yes, it is. And in every state, people. Yeah. And they did this to me. And I know about voter fraud because in my county, which is St. Clair County, mm -hmm. when I was an election judge before I jumped off into politics, I caught them cheating at the polls. And two guys ended up going to jail because of my testimony and my evidence. So I know voter fraud takes place because I caught them cheating at the polls, red-handed. Well, Get they was doing something illegal this year already in Marcopia yeah. County. Yeah. And thank God, Sheriff Lamb, he's been on the show before. Uh, Mark, they caught it, and he arrested the person over the elections for that. Yeah. So it's already happening this year. Yeah, I mean, you know, and if you got drop boxes, I want to tell the people, Chicago, Illinois, all over the country. If you've got drop boxes in your district, y'all need to get together and everybody needs to go to a drop box and have shifts filming that drop box. Watch mm -hmm. for people turning off, you know, dropping in big batches of ballots. Mm -hmm. That's the only way we can com combat this. You know, but then the digital thing, like where you you lost them votes to her when it went down. We watched that in the Kentucky race with Bashir. I caught one of them uh, when it happened in real time. Mm -hmm. And I think it was like 2,000 votes. Right. And then when Mike Mandel done his thing, he caught another 700-something votes. So it was mm -hmm. almost 3,000 votes that yeah. shifted. You know, that, that we caught, how many did not get caught? You know, I didn't yeah. stay up all night, uh, but how many did not get caught? And, uh, and, and the thing about it, Bill, is after this primary, people were saying, who the hell is this woman? We never heard of her. We never seen her. She never campaigned. And here it is. We're, we're a month out from the uh, general election. We still have not seen this woman. She still has not campaigned. And I went all over the state. This woman still has not been seen. And I think they put her in the race in order to help Tammy Duckworth because they knew Tammy Duckworth could not go up against me 
because I polled higher than Tammy in Chicago in the black community. And right. that was dangerous that I polled at 72% to her 31% in the black community and the Hispanic community as well. So I was a threat. So they had to get me out the way, put this woman in place. Tammy Duckworth is gonna win. There's not gonna be a red wave in Illinois. I, I gotta be honest, we're a blue state and we perfected the art of cheating. Sound like you got Democrats running the Republican party to me. We do, we do. Our Republican party actually put a Democrat in the race, in the primary. I don't know if you heard of Darren Bailey. He's running for governor here in Illinois. I think he I have. Is, he, is a, he is a staunch Republican. I mean, he is Republican through and through and I campaigned a lot with Darren. They went and got this black Democrat mayor from Aurora, our party knew he was a Democrat, knew he was part of Pritzker. They put him in the race against a solid Republican. Our party did this. Our party. We have Republicans, Democrats that are running the Republican Party right here in Illinois. Well, I thought it was pretty bad when uh, Liz Cheney got up and asked the Democrats to vote for her. Yeah. You know, because she thought that she knew that was the only prayer in hell she had to get in. Yeah. Uh, people in people in Wyoming was tired of her. Yeah. They said that, you know, the only time that she came there was when she had to campaign. Yeah. You know, and, and then she hit like the big cities and, you know, the heck with the counties. Yeah, you know, we had a rally last night right here. I, I talked to three mayors, uh, people that's running for not mayor, running for governor. Mm -hmm. I talked to some state people running for state legislators. You're the first politician in a row of them that's going to be on this month. And uh, the, you know, I just invited them. I said, you know, will you come on the show? I want to talk to you about your plan. I want you to, you know, yeah. tell me what your platform is. Talk to you yeah. about. It. And they sure I'll be on. So, you know, we're going to be getting them on, but uh, I felt all along that you got a raw deal. Yeah. Okay. And uh, anybody with any common sense can look at it and tell that's what happened. Yeah, that's exactly uh, what happened. And yeah. they, uh, um, they said, well, there was no cheating. Well, we went and we're still pulling information right now in my race. And what we pulled has been, it's astonishing. We found uh, 900 phantom voters in Peoria County in Illinois. And out, 900 voted out of the 900, 121 voted from one address. Yeah. From one address. And that address is from a vacant lot. But 121 people voted from that address. How is that possible? And when we presented this to our Illinois election board, you know what they told us? There's nothing we're going to do about it. They're not going to investigate. When you compile all of that and you get everything together, we come back on and, and we'll make sure of that. I'd love to put it back on. Uh, when when we're done with the show today, by the way, I the, I will send you a link probably from to Spotify video. It's they've got videos now. Mm -hmm. I've got all that kinds of different uh, places I go through. But if I send you the Spotify, you can post it on Facebook. Okay. Oh, yeah. 
Uh, if I don't, they won't post it. Uh, well, I posted it on Facebook. And, you know, Facebook took it down when I showed people the proof about what's happening in Illinois. Do you know Facebook went and took it down and said this was a violation of their community standards? And then I had a fact checker challenge me and say that this was not true or factual. And we had certification. So I sent the information over to Project Veritas. And so they're running with it right now. But they're saying Facebook said that this was false information. You need to know, they need to know, people need to know that when uh, uh, it says it's false or partially false, that they pick people from the liberal left mm -hmm. or their people that do the, you know, uh, I've seen, and you can't, you can't deny this. I don't know yeah. if you've seen the video or not. Joe Biden come out and uh, he was approaching the press and all of a sudden he blurted out, I got my butt wiped. Yep. Remember sure that? I remember that. He I sure posted did. that and they took it down. Said yep. it was false. It was coming out of his mouth. I had the video on there. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's how ridiculous they are. I mean, I'm only, I, I don't do a lot on Facebook because I know that if I do everything I'd like to do on Facebook, I wouldn't last a week. Yeah. I got took down, was permanently banned and managed to get around it. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to stick with it. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but it they does. They had to me. pay me a check. They sent me a check for all the things that they did to me. There was a class action lawsuit and I got a check from Facebook. Uh, I got it in uh, July. A check from them. Well, I wish I'd have known about that lawsuit because they, they knocked down my charity. They pulled my charity off when, when they pulled me off. Mm -hmm. And yeah. ended up closing the charity because that was our biggest venue, you know. Yeah. And uh yeah, I wish I'd have known about that. But but I'm uh I'm um I'm not stopping. Um I don't know where I'm gonna go from here. Um I am working with Mike Lindell. Um and uh, uh, revealing what's happening. And I'm a prime example. I'm pretty much the same as President Trump that this election, and everybody knows this election was stolen from me. They did not want me to be the next Senator of Illinois because the fact of the matter, they asked me, if we ask you for a personal favor as Senator, that's gonna benefit our businesses, you know, the, the rich, them, the rich Republicans, how would you vote? And I told them if it's not beneficial for the people and it's only going to benefit you and your bottom line, the answer is going to be no, I am for the people, not the party. I put the people before the party. Right. And that to them was a thorn in their side that they That's knew they did not have a party player. They, they knew they had somebody that could not be controlled. So they had to get me out the way and they put this woman in and this woman has not been seen. She, has, she hasn't even talked to the black community, but she reached out to my black Republicans in Chicago, Bill, yeah. and asked them to go and talk to the black community for her. She won't go, but I wanna pull some black people to have them go talk to the black community for me. Right. 
And I walked the streets of Chicago with a bulletproof vest on, two of them. You got to. Yeah, I did. <laughs> and I got so much mad respect from the, from the gangs up there. They protected me. They respected me that much that they did not allow anything to happen to me. And that, that was, that was, they said they never had a politician that went into Chicago and was respected by the gang members and actually listened to me and sat down and talked to me and told me what it is that's lacking that they need in order for them to put down their arms. All these nice little parties and $2,500 plate dinners, they just want somebody to listen to them. Right. That's it. Listen. You know, your state and I know you live there, okay? But I was going to tell you. Mm -hmm. I had to travel west mm -hmm. uh, last year. I could have saved 100 miles going through the lower end of your state. You know what I did? Yeah. I drove around it. And the reason I drove around it is because I, I carry concealed, okay? And I carry in the open, whatever, you know, state law says where you're at. But uh, I had my permit all that i always keep my permit up but i will not go anywhere under the current situation of this country that i can't carry because you're just asking for trouble you know and that's one of the things you're against right is the taking the guns and all that right i'm i'm constitutional carry we have a thing here in illinois called the foid card and the foid is nothing but a electronic tracking device card. It it if you want to buy bullets in Illinois, you have to have a FOIA card. If you want to buy a gun, you have to have a FOIA card. I wanted us as NRA to be a constitutional carry state. Now, when I went to Chicago, I was told by the police that under Mayor uh, Lori, Light Lori Lightfoot, who I call Beetlejuice. I did too. Uh, <laughs> Actually, I made up that when she got elected, I said, Lord, it looks like beetle juice. beetle juice and it just spread like crazy. And uh, I was told that she gave orders that if I came into Chicago and I was carrying, I was to be arrested. Now, nowhere on my concealed carry card and it's a statewide card. Does it say you can carry in Illinois, but the exception of Chicago? Right. It doesn't say that. It says Illinois. And I looked at the cops. I said, which one of you poor bastards are going to try to take my gun off of me? Step forward. And they said, Miss Peggy, we don't want any troubles because we know you can take us. <laughs> so I carried my gun in Chicago because my argument is you're going to penalize and lock up a law-abiding citizen who used to be a cop who knows how to use a gun but you do nothing to the criminals that are victimizing their own community. So you're living in Eastern California, in other words. Pretty much. You know, I mean, because the FOIA card, all that. I mean, I've got a friend out there that's on the show sometimes. And yeah. the FOIA card and all that's out there, too. You know, here, if you just want to strap a gun on, you can strap it on. You can carry it concealed or whatever you want to do in the state constitutional you know, carry that's contact with law enforcement tell them you know i'm, I'm carrying you know yeah. I'm, if you got the card tell me you got the card if not you don't even have to say that anything about the card just tell them that you're carrying and that's it 
Yeah. And we can, here we can carry anything that's a deadly weapon. It could be switchblades, long knives. It can be knuckles, you name a fork. it. A, yeah, a pitchfork oh. if you want to. If a fork, a regular fork can be a, can be right. a deadly weapon. Oh, yeah. People jab don't it, understand. Jab it in the neck. Yeah. But uh, we can carry anything. And the only thing we can't carry, and we could up until the Murray building was blown by the nuts, uh, we could we could even carry a bomb in our pocket, mm. believe it or not. And uh, they they took that away from it, you know, which is sensible. I mean, I I can understand you don't be, need walking down the street with a bomb. There's too many people to do their own thing. Oh, yeah. Uh, my 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 thing is is the Second Amendment is protects the guns, and therefore, uh, I kind of agree with Chip Roy. I don't know if you've heard him talk about yeah. it or not. Chip says you're setting up a bloodbath on the front front porches of America. Yes, you are. You know, yeah. Uh, yeah. I can guarantee you, if somebody comes kicks my door open in the middle of the night, I'm gonna eat them up. Oh, you you seen what uh what happened uh I, I'm trying to remember where it was but the ATF came to a man's door and wanted to know if he still owned certain guns which is a violation of his constitutional rights right. and they tried this see I I I kind of push my way from the Republican Party because the Republican Party to me has become very weak and ineffectual they won't stand up for us, you have a few selective ones that will go toe to toe with the Democrats, like Ted Cruz and Marjorie Taylor Greene and right. Josh Hawley and and Kennedy. I love me some some Kennedy. I love him. Yeah, John, John Kennedy. Kennedy. Yes, I oh, love, I love him. He and, and DeSantis uses Southern logic when he talks. He yes, calls and, it out what it is. But they're coming to our doors wanting to know what it is we own which is very dangerous. And people don't understand how dangerous this really is for us Americans, for law-abiding citizens, that our government has now become a, 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 a Gestapo, a, right. a tyranny state, where they're coming to our doors wanting to know what we own. And I told people when I was campaigning, you come to, to Columbus Drive in Illinois, in Belleville, and knock on Peggy Hubbard door, you're going to get a surprise. Right. It's nobody's business what I own, and it's nobody's business. It's not the government's business what I own. I'm a law-abiding citizen, and they are slowly taking away our constitutional rights. Right. And this was my platform, and the people of Illinois loved it. They loved this. Well, right? you know... People need to, when they come to the door like that, say, look, number one, you're violating my constitutional right. Exactly. Number two, if your property's posted, tell them you passed a posted sign coming in here. You got about three seconds to get out of my sight. Exactly. Where's the search warrant? Yeah. The warrant? Ask, ask about the search warrant and then tell them they got about three minutes, about three seconds to get out of sight. Okay. Where's the warrant? Show me the warrant where I'm supposed to tell you what it is I own. It's nobody's right. business. And this was what is dangerous. I guess the Republican Party of Illinois thought about me. You have a converted over former Democrat who is black, who is a former cop, who is a veteran, who is a biker. I ride a Harley. I love my motorcycle. Yeah, I've seen the I picture was, with you, your Harley. 
I love my bike. I think more of my husband right now. It's a toss up, <laughs> <laughs> but it doesn't talk back. So I pretty much related to the everyday working class. And that's what people liked about me. And I didn't care how I said it or how it came out. This is what you get. This is me. This is Peggy. This is how I am. So they couldn't handle that. So we, we have to stop this woman at all costs and look what they did. Right. I got a question for you. You brought something up. You said you were homeless. How long were you homeless? Uh, I was, it was back in 89. Uh, I was in an abusive relationship with my ex-husband. He was beating Uh me and then he started beating uh, my daughter, Ashley. And uh, I picked up their clothes. I had 37 cents in my pocket. I had the clothes in my, on my back and I ran and uh, I slept in my car and I was in the Navy Yeah. and I slept in my car for about two weeks. And then I went into a, a, a shelter and my commanders did not know I was homeless. They had no idea. And it was by accident. I was, I was in that shelter for about a year. By the way, I meant to thank you when you come on for your service. It was my honor to serve this great country, this great nation. Uh, yeah, I was homeless. So I know what it's like um, to scrounge you know, for food and try to feed your children. I got a divorce and uh, my mother was ill. Mm-hmm. And my sister was have to take care of her. She was, you know, terminal. So I thought, well, I'll move back down home and I work nights, uh, work days. She can, because she does the nights. Mm-hmm. And I said that way I could spell her on mommy over. She get some time off, mm-hmm. and because uh, she does, she she was staying with her day and night. Mm-hmm. And um, I broke down about 150 miles from there, and I run out of money trying to put the truck back together. Yeah, I took my last five dollars. I went to a barber shop and asked Barbara. I said. Would you please cut my hair for $5? I need to go get a job. He said, son, sit down and keep your $5. And he sh- he, he, he gave me a flat top. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I got a job. But in the meanwhile, he had told me, he said there was a farm uh, labor pool that you go to. And the guys come in in the morning. And whoever's standing out front, they usually start first line because they're most eager. He mm-hmm. should be there at six. So I was there at five to make sure I was first one. <laughs> and uh, yeah. they come by and pick me. And after a few days, that farmer told me, just, just you don't have to sit in that line. So you go over and sit on a bench. And he said, when I get here, just jump in my truck. Mm-hmm. You know? And so I, I worked like that. Um, I could not bring myself for me to, to bag or ask for something. You know, it's, it's in my blood not to do that. Uh, there was days I went without eating. crying. <laughs> There's days I went without eating. Days I went without cigarettes. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, it kind of bothers me. And I don't know about you. Um, when you go down the street, and every corner's got somebody there with a sign. Okay, mm-hmm. I've offered them work on the farm. No, man, you're crazy. I might got hundred seventy five dollars out here a day. Yeah, you know. Uh, they, they, that's their profession. Yeah. And they're fleecing the public and the people have pity 
you know, uh, on them. And I, I just, I've seen the inside. Of it. We had a lady, we had a lady that come to us in Walmart. Mm-hmm. She's driving one of them cars. She was dressed nice. Mm-hmm. And uh, she said, sir, could I get $5 off of you? I said, ma'am, I, I was just, fed, I'm fed up with it. Okay. I said, uh, I'm on a limited income and mm-hmm. I don't have $5 to spare. Yeah. So I walked off and I heard her phone ring. I turned around. She pulled up like a $600 phone out of her pocket. Mm. And she said, quote, unquote, not now I'm working Walmart. Working wow. Walmart. Wow. So I called it right, you know, but now there's people I, out there like that. I, I was homeless in the Navy, two babies. Ashley was two. Uh, my son, Brian, was eight months old. I got tired of being beat. Well, God I got tired you. of being punched. And I was not only that, I was cleaning offices at night and bartending. And I was walking back to the shelter with instead of taking a cab or a bus at one o'clock in the morning, I will walk about five miles back and to save my money to buy them formula and diapers and food. Right. And it was some days that I didn't I didn't even eat. And that money went there. towards them and what they needed. But I left that man with 37 cents in my pocket and the clothes on my back. And I know what it's like. I, I, I can relate. I know what it's like. And if you're homeless and, and you're standing out there with a cardboard sign with the economy, the way it is right now, don't tell me you can't find a job because every place is hiring. Every place is hiring right now. They're right. begging for people to work. So I, I look at those people too. When they ask me for money, I tell them, no, I don't have any money, but I do have an application I can give you. And they curse me out. If you catch them when they're coming in to bag, uh-huh. here, there is a white stretch limo that drops them off at the highway, at Walmart, at Crow, oh, yeah. you know, the, 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 the spots where they can get the most money where the lights stop people. Look at their, look at their feet. Look at their shoes. If yeah. you look at their shoes, you know they're not homeless because their shoes are better than mine. Right. Look at their feet. That's As a cop, that's what I used to do. I, I had regulars that I would have to shoo away because I knew one guy I used to shoo away, he actually drove a Mercedes. Right. Yeah. So, and we would see him in the bars after six o'clock, all dressed up, driving a Mercedes. His job was to sit out front of these buildings and these box stores and get money. But he was driving a Mercedes after six o'clock. There, so, was, there was one guy bagging I ran into in my life that i didn't give him any money okay uh but at least he was honest Mm -hmm. he had a sign he had a bucket sitting in front of him he was sitting right where the ramp splits and he had he had that bucket sitting there and he had a sign on the sign post where you know told you information Mm -hmm. said too lazy to work too lazy to care Need money for booze and wars. Oh. That was that was on the side. Well, at least he was like, honest. 
<laughs> and people was going by throwing that money in there left and right. But he was honest. He was yeah. honest. But uh, I've had people, I had somebody here on the farm one time that he, he wouldn't work. And I was providing shelter for him and his wife. And uh, one day he did something and I found myself getting so mad, I drew back on him and I had a hammer in my hand, big one. <laughs> I dropped the hammer and I told, I told him, I said, get off property. I said, take your stuff and go. I'm not even giving you a ride back to town. We had went to the homeless shelter and hired this couple. Oh. And she says, if he leaves, can I stay as long as you work? You know? So she stayed and worked for about three months and then she got two, three months and then she got lonely for him so she took off and lived on the streets again well our society is 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 set up where um there there is no reason for any american in this country to be homeless there is no reason and for us to care for people that have not any invested interest in this country it's appalling to me that we pull out all the stops for these individuals that are coming here and we're treating them better than we treat our own Americans. We're treating them better than we treat our veterans. And that's a pet peeve with me that you have a woman like Tammy Duckworth who is a decorated veteran. Um, uh, she lost her legs, but the story about how she became disabled is very, very, um, there is a lot of different stories. I got the true story from her captain and found out it wasn't what we thought it was. It was not in um, a, a combat setting is what it right. was not. And she led people to believe that be she lost her legs due to combat and that was not the case. So she pretty much springboard her political quest on her being a disabled veteran. Well, me being a Democrat, um, I voted for her thinking that she was going to make a difference for us veterans. Tammy hasn't done anything for the veterans. Um, uh, uh, his name, uh, Tucker Carlson of Fox News did a segment about Tammy Duckworth. And Tammy Duckworth Actually, when Trump went to Mount Rushmore during the 4th of July, gave a speech about our founding fathers, our heroes, Martin Luther King, Rosa Parks, um, right. Abraham Lincoln, and Tammy Duckworth called Jackie Robinson, George Washington, Clara Barton, all a bunch of dead traitors. She did. And she said that we need to uh, um, disavow Jackie Robinson because Jackie Robinson, a lot of people don't know this, Jackie Robinson was a Republican. And- That was Martin Luther King, by the way. Yes, he, and a lot of people don't know that, that Dr. King was a Republican. And he said the Republican party is low in treachery. He said this about them, they could not be trusted. And when I bring this up, it, it infuriates some of the people in the Black community that I'm saying this. Well, tell the truth about our Black, uh, our Black forefathers, if you will. Uh, Malcolm X was a Republican. Um, um, Frederick Douglass, George Washington Carver, uh, Booker T. Washington. 
These were my teachers, my grandparents, my grandmother's teachers. Booker T. Washington was her teacher, was it my, taught my grandmother. George Washington Carver, my grandmother was one of the first graduates at Tuskegee Institute. Okay. So awesome. we don't tell the truth about who we are as a nation. Right. And, and you saw what I posted yesterday about our black history, about how we as blacks, 35 black plantation owners owned a total of 10,000 black slaves and they owned 50 white slaves. We don't talk about that. Why is that? It changes the narrative yeah. and it takes away the victim mentality. They don't want to hear about it. Well, one of the cruelest one, one of the cruelest slave owners was black. Yeah. And when he William got his Ellison. freedom, mm -hmm. he sold his father. Oh yeah. Yeah. I posted that. I can't that. remember the name right now, but I remember that uh, we done something, a show way back on that, you know, on yeah. and stuff. I actually uh, Peggy, talked you, about him. You are at your deadline where you've got to go. <laughs> oh gosh. I wish I had, I had more time. Uh, mate, if it's our view, I kind of send you, can you send me a text when you'll be available? I want to get to that other story. Yes. Uh, it will kind of, this, this show here will lead into that. Yes. You know. uh, I can do that. Matter of fact, today is Tuesday. Mm -hmm. uh, today's the fifth. I will be available. Um, I should be available Thursday. Thursday. Yeah. And uh, I think uh, I may be available uh, Sunday. Okay. Yeah. All right. But I'm caring for my same sister. time. Same time frame. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. I'm I'm looking forward to having you back because I want to get on this other subject we talked sure. about, but. You know, you kind of touched my heart on some of the issues when you talk about being homeless, having your kids and everything. And yeah. having been that way myself, you know, now I'm sitting on what's considered a pretty good sized farm in eastern Kentucky. I got 20 acres. Yeah, pretty good. I got enough room to turn a jackrabbit around anyway. And, <laughs> uh, so I was sitting on a 20 acre farm. You know, I built myself up. I paid everything off, you know, and it's, it's a good feeling. It is. I've, I've done that in the last 20 years. It is. It's a yeah. it's a great feeling to look at me. I was homeless. I, I met a man that changed my life, who pretty much rescued me out of the situation I was in. My husband of almost 35 years now. So I, I, I'm living the American dream. I have a nice house. It's nothing fancy, but it's ours. Right. I, I got an I got a car, I got a Harley, I got an RV. He he he's a good guy. He's still a cop. So I, I think I've been blessed many, many times over. I can say I, mean, I don't know what the house looks like, but what you've got for a background looks good. I have a very nice house. It's yeah, it's it's a medium-sized house, and uh, but you know what? It's this house is full of love, and that's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. Yes, you know if you it, that is where, and we'll, we'll might have to talk about this later, but that's where the the leftists are trying to break us up they're trying to split us up mm -hmm. they've split us fa family against family you know your own family and they, they've split us politically you know according to races and everything else and it's that's 
they're stopping the love. Well, That's honey, I got kicked out of we got kicked out of our church when we became Republicans and we left the Democratic plantation. My husband is an ordained Baptist minister. I'm I'm a devout Catholic. It works. Let it go. And uh, they found out that we supported Trump and we were we were now Republicans. They called my husband out of the pulpit. They took his keys and they told us to leave because that they was a church. <laughs> that was no, that's church. any church. And I tell people any church that's more concerned about my political views and my political ambitions and ideology. If you're more concerned about that and not my soul, that's not a church. That's a cult. And you don't need a church to talk to God and to believe in God and his laws and his word. It's, it starts in here. It starts right here because I know a bunch of people that go to church and they're a bunch of hypocrites. Well, see, I pastored and uh, the, fir the first church I had, uh, I was put in and uh, I was reading from the Bible. And, you know, where it talks about the lake of fire and it names all the different ones. Mm -hmm. Well, when I got to effeminate, that was the problem I found out. And they come to me and told me that I had to take that back. Mm. They called me over to the church, had the whole state board ministry there. Well, you got to take that back. I said, no, sir, I'm not taking it back. I said, it's God's word. And I said, I go to hell for doing it. Mm -hmm. well we'll fire you i said well then you'll have to talk to god about hell then because why yeah. all i preached was the truth That's and right. they got mad about it you know and i said it wasn't no different than adultery lying cheating stealing, yeah. you know but it's god's word says it's this you know yes. unfortunately i didn't know what the united church of christ was like uh until i got to maine uh because i grew up in one in louisville that was a real Bible believing church. And the next mm -hmm. thing I know, I'm up there. And oh, God, when I went to seminary, I thought I was in Sodom and Gomorrah. I lasted a year and a half. I argued with the professor for an hour and a half, and I got kicked out because she's been in scripture. So I went to the Nazarene church and finished my studies there. You know, uh, and that's more where I believe than I found out than the. You know, when you got a preacher that stands up and he's not pulled out of the pulpit. Yeah. GD, uh, you know, America. That was yeah. not a church of Christ. Well, and, and I tell people, you know, if a Baptist and a Catholic, people ask me about uh, being, can I work with the Democrats on the other side? And I tell them, if a Baptist can be married to a Catholic for over 30 years, I can work across the aisle because it's hard to, <laughs> I'm married to a Baptist. He's married to a Catholic. And you can imagine the conversations we have in this house, but when it all breaks down, we believe in God, the father, and that's all what matters. And we allowed our children, we raised them up in one faith, but we allowed them as adults to make their own choices. See, uh, my first marriage I've been married three times. Okay. My first marriage uh, was a Catholic. Second marriage was a Catholic and she wanted the wedding in church, you know, the Catholic church. Mm -hmm. And we went to the priest, you know, and talked to him. Oh, you can't be married to Catholic church. Y'all been divorced. Yep. 
I said, well, I said, I won't be coming to church then. Well, next thing I knew, priest comes to me and says, Bill, if you would pay $300 to the Vatican, Pope said he'd allow y'all to get married in the church. Yep. And I said, I'm not bribing the Pope. He's not yeah. God. And I wouldn't That's bribe right. God. And uh, so we ended up, we got married at the courthouse. And I had to go up in the jail to get the minister to come out of the jail, come down there and marry us because he was up there, um, you know, talking to the inmates and stuff. But yeah, we got married at the courthouse because of that. Well, we got married at, 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 uh, we got not at his church. Uh, we got married at a Baptist church and his grandfather actually married us. And he said, out of all of his grandchildren, we are the two that belong together and he was right because all of his cousins that he married right and grandchildren they're all divorced we're still there we're the only two that are original still together well you have works. your faith your husband has his faith yeah there's nothing to argue about let him live by his. You, argue, you live by yours it's mutual respect that we right. have for each other and we love each right. other but I, it's 2.40, and I got to get out of here. To yeah. Get to the hospital. <laughs> I could talk to you forever. <laughs> Let me get, you said Thursday? Thursday. Uh, and Thursday and Sunday are good. Sunday. Why don't we do Sunday? I've got a project I got to finish. Okay, let me uh, look at some uh, information. Um, and um, – I was supposed to give a speech Sunday morning. I'm okay. trying to find out whether or not this, I'm still going to be doing that. Okay. And I'll let you know for definite for Sunday. Okay. Thanks a lot. Okay. All right. God no bless problem. you, my friend. You too, Bill. Thank you. That ends our shows, folks. Uh, I just want to say, may God bless you. May God bless your homes, your wives, your husbands, your little children, and most of all, may God bless America. Have a good Amen. day. Take care. Bye-bye. Mm,